welcome to Knock On Podcast, where we bring you archery information and education that you can trust. Knock On was created as a way to bring all archers together, regardless of the brand you choose or the style of archery you shoot. Knock On Podcasting will deliver professional insights to the latest gear, proper shooting technique, along with high-level equipment setup and tuning. Hey everybody, welcome back to another Knock On Podcast. Uh, Early morning here in Iowa and I found my only buddy that was up right now, Ryan Bronco, and uh, gave him a call. So hey dude, what's up? How you doing this morning? You going to work or what? You getting ready to go shoot bad guys? Uh, No, I don't get to shoot bad guys. I get to train guys to shoot bad guys. But yes, it's finally some some cold weather down here in florida and i wish i was in a tree but instead i gotta go play maybe wait so let me hear what the cold weather in florida is what is it 72 (laughs) for us us floridians when there's a three on the first digit of the temperature it's cold yeah yeah well i'll give you that i'll give you that i figured you're gonna say it's down in the 50s or something weird no it's uh 33 degrees out this morning Oh yeah, well awesome. Well, hey man, first off, thanks for everything you do, serving. There's so many of uh you yeah, got... no, I really appreciate your support. Uh you and Sharon have always shown that. Uh and a lot of the knock on nation, they always uh they're always real appreciative of everything us we did within the military. Um it really shows how the nation can come together and support its military and its law enforcement, uh with all the crazy times that's going right now, uh, we uh, we sure need it. Heck yeah, we do. Amen to that. I got, um, I've got some. Well, a lot of the people that are involved with what I do, there a lot of them are servicemen or women or retirees or you know. I've got some. We've got some undercover guys that are part of the crew. We got. Um, well, there's all kinds of positions. I've got friends that that are kind of that are regulars with the page and stuff that. I can't even say what they do, but yeah, I'm, there's so many of you guys that are in the service. Yeah. Or that's a that's the nature of the of the job. Some of them you know, and some of them you don't. And <laughs> just, I hope they uh, they all they all leave and come home safe at the end of the day or into the tour, wherever it is. Yeah, exactly. But um, so, what did you think of the live feed on Friday? What did you think of the live feed on Friday? The prevail build, man, that was awesome. Uh, it showed so many different uh, aspects of building a bow. I mean, like you said, in the in the feed, uh, the differences from one bow to the next, even though you're pulling them straight out of the factory box, can be of very little or it can be drastic. Uh, I think it's awesome for the at-home builder like myself uh, and so many others that are learning to do things at home or sadly lack of quality shops around. I'm lucky. I have a really good shop uh, that I have, I get to shoot for. Um, and, but not everybody has that shop and it's easier for them to just do stuff at home. And I think it makes you a better all around archer knowing how to do those little things and you putting that out there for us is, uh, it's awesome. There's no better way to learn than by watching and then sitting there being able to watch 
and do it yourself at your house. Yeah, and it's it's almost it's disheartening how many people say that they're not able to really go into a local shop and get fit the proper way or you know now that especially now that people can learn on the internet and they're able to kind of see the right way to do things i think a lot of people are going into shops with that expectation now and then when they're not seeing people do it that way they almost feel like they don't have an adequate shop and that's kind of a bummer i mean it's great that people have their own knowledge to learn but it sucks that you know it sucks it when i hear people say that they don't have a shop that they can that they can trust you know to do to do what it is they're wanting to do with their bows yeah I think with 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 today's bows and how how tunable they really are, and how much how much work it actually takes to keep them in line, um, and the ability you know for maybe having to drive that forty five minutes, like you said, and being able to watch a YouTube video or and and fix it without having to make that forty five minute drive, it it's almost worth it to people to make the investment to have all the equipment at the house so they don't have to make that drive and don't have to trust somebody else to do it for them. Right, right. Now you're down there with a little nut, right? That's your local dealer down there, little nut? Little nut, yeah. It's a, that's my little shop that, we, that I got. Uh, I love those guys, Mr. Dale, Mr. Tyler. Um, it's just a tiny little shop. I mean, we don't carry more than 40 bows. We can get you anything we need. But uh, uh, it was named after his grandson when his uh, grandson was born. Popped out and said, look, that little nut on his head because of the way his head popped out. And then <laughs> it stuck. And that's the shop. So a little nut. And you see little Tucker. He runs around the shop all the time. Oh, it's Papa and... It's uh, if you're any, anytime you're in Northeast Florida around the Jacksonville Keystone area, you need something, pop in, we can help you out. Oh yeah, hey, I was gonna. Um, so here's here's the the topic, the hot topic um, in the Dudley household. So Sharon told me that that I probably shouldn't drink on any more live feeds. What do you think? <laughs> I actually think it's funny um, because then you get you get like Greg Poole was saying the other day on the Bow Junkie podcast. There's John you get on TV, and then there's John that you're gonna get at home. And so when you're doing the live feed and you got a little uh, something something in your tumbler, um, you get a little bit more of a, a relaxed John to where you're not so. You're not worried about what the what the the network's going to say, and <laughs> you can actually speak. You can actually speak a little freer and uh, uh, a little more like the rest of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I kind of liked it. I thought it was. I mean, because I told her, I said it's a Friday night. I mean, it's no, it's no different than if I was at the archery shop and showed up and was going to build build my bow. Granted, most archery shops aren't going to let you have a a beverage of of your choice yeah. while you're, you know, possibly going to, you know, put someone in liability. So I guess, <laughs> I guess from safe for a safety protocol message, 
I guess it's uh she has a good point, but I didn't I don't feel like I go too far, but my problem is when I don't know what it is, but there's something that relates to my alcoholic beverage and when it goes low in the cup, my eyelid goes down at the same rate. <laughs> so <laughs> I can't hide it when I when I've when I've had one or or two. Uh, yeah, I start or to multiple. get yeah, I start to get this one eye that just kind of closes down, and then uh, it's kind of a dead giveaway. Well, that and to to be fair, it also happens when you've been burning the candle at both ends for a while. You can tell when you're really tuckered out. Uh, that that eye seems to droop the same way, so I think we can we can blame it on either one, and might be able to slip you one by. <laughs> yeah, well, honestly, if I'm doing a bow build at seven at night and I'm getting done at eight thirty, that's like really close to my bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's really close to my bedtime. Well, that's good to know. I need to um, I need to take maybe put a survey out there on that whether. Whether people want the hunting camp dud or whether people want the network dud, and then uh, we can. Well, go. I think if you you mix it up, you mix it up. Don't give us all of one and too much of another, and I think we'll be <laughs> fine. And plus, it'll keep uh keep Miss Sharon off too bad. <laughs> yeah, she's always trying to watch out for me. She knows she knows how easy how easy someone can start trouble around here. Um. So, hey, I'm just kind of going through while we were talking. I was looking through a few questions that um, got sent to me through social. And one of them was um, came from Chris, I think it's Jackano, Jack Quino. I don't know. I don't know how to pronounce it. But he's asking, um, said that he bought one of the Express Pros from the, um, from the website from, from that offer that I had this past weekend. Um, and he's and he's just saying, um, you know, they don't they don't make the stands for the Express Pros anymore. Um, what's the best way to go about getting one? And honestly, um, the best thing you can right. do is mount them mount them to some type of a, a surface. You know, I actually um, go to Costco, or I saw Sam's Club have them too, but they've got those like rolling tool cabinets that are on really big wheels they have all the drawers that's what i use on like my dead center segments and stuff you can see all my stuff is kept in those they make one about half the size of what i had in the live feed um and and, you know really they're only i know they're only a couple hundred bucks and they're super heavy duty and you can mount what i've done in my archer room here at the house is i mounted an express pro on one side of it and then on the other side, I mounted my right. um, my aerosaw, so I'm able to kind of have just a little mobile tool cabinet, no different than a mechanic would have. So that's what I would recommend. Right. Having them on the metal stands, um, you're kind of limited on being able to find places to put your tools and stuff, in all fairness. And I think that's why a lot of people quit, why they quit making the stands is because most archery shops are always mounting them on you know, either tabletops or on portable cabinets like that. And, you know, you have a lot more flexibility to where you can set stuff down. Um, so, you know, that's what I would recommend for that. Um, 
right? And then, like, for guys like me, and uh, I've got an, an archery room as well, but I'm kind of limited on my mobility factor. Uh, me and Brad were actually talking about this on, like, how we're going to mount expresses in in our archery room. He's got a big bench where his drawboard's on the front, so he doesn't necessarily want to take away that front space. And the way I have mine, I have a shelf for all my bows to sit on that right above where I have my workstation. So I actually moved my vise over, and where my arrow saw is, I'm going to build a similar, you know, probably going to go look at Costco now that you say that, uh, for one of those little mobile cabinets that's heavy-duty enough that I can put, because those X-Presses are heavy. They're, you know, they're, they brought it way close to 100 pounds just for the press itself. Yeah, they they made it to um, to outlive every archer that buys it, I think. <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure. We have one down in the shop, and I love it. Uh, and I'm waiting for mine to get here now. Yeah, I'd seen someone in the feed asked um, if it, if you had to buy any type of adapter brackets for the newer bows. And no, the Express Pro, at least right now, is the only press that I know of to where you do with all these different models you you don't have to there's been no modification brackets needed for any bow that's been made as of right now um it literally fits everything and it's super heavy duty no question about it i really like it and for those of you listening to the podcast that didn't watch the live feed um i actually wanted to off make a really cool offer i was actually trying to do it for a black friday deal but i ended up um kind of letting the cat out of the bag a week early um because what i did during that live feed and i, I really wanted to get to the point where when people are watching they're able to to mimic what i'm doing you know i kind of really want my loyal followers to be able to have like that same type of setup and stuff to where when we do these builds people are able to actually say okay it's a friday night build or you know we're going to work on some bow stuff tonight people can actually have their stuff there and be able to practice some of these things um i think you know that's really the way that i want to go but the express I really love the Express Pro, and I think people can learn how to do it. Plus, I've already got a lot of really good instructional videos out. If you go, you can either go to the um, Express. Wait, I think you have to go to the Field Logic YouTube, or you can go on the Knock On Archery YouTube. And if you go, you know, if you if you if you search on my on the Knock On Archery YouTube channel for uh, John Dudley Express, then you'll you'll find where those are because they're, they're back a few years, but I actually did videos yeah. on how to press PSEs, how to press Hoyts, how to press Botex, how to press Bear Gen. I mean, I did videos on how to press everything, how to, how to actually assemble the press when you get it, um, you know, how to safely use it. So there's good videos and right. learning tools out there already, but um, we ended up well, I ended up having to. I ended up buying a ridiculous amount of them to get a really good price, and you know we ended up being able to ship them for seven hundred bucks, including shipping. Yeah. You know is what they're at, That's and crazy. they're on the Knock On Archery um, website, the knockonarchery.com dot com web store. 
you can get them on there and yeah. it's free shipping. It's just 700 flat rate and that's unbelievable compared to where, I mean, I think everywhere else they're selling for close to 1200 bucks. Or you got I've seen them anywhere from a thousand to $1,200. And, uh, uh, my shop owner, when I told him, uh, I was getting one, he goes, what are you, where are you getting it from? I said, well, I'm getting it from John. And he said, oh yeah. He's like, well, you know, course he's like i could have helped you out with that i'm like yeah but i don't think you're gonna help me out this much buddy and i was like go look at the website and he he goes damn he goes yeah i don't think i could have helped you that much and i was like so yeah i mean I, it's uh it's definitely an amazing deal and i appreciate you and uh miss sharon's generosity on that for sure <laughs> yeah yeah well i mean it was there a lot of times well my kind of where I'm going right now is I'm finding a lot of people that have things that I really like and I'm buying them and pretty much shelling my own money out at a, at a volume to where on some of these things, if they're willing to do a modification or if they're willing, you know, whatever I can do to try to have a good deal for our followers, then that's what I'm doing. And I, you know, I was like, yeah, this will be a sweet deal. Cause a lot of people that are wanting to start doing it. I saw one of the questions in the feed, um, from the live feeds. I don't know who asked it. I don't know his name, but he did ask, you know, I'm not at the point where I want to get a full bow press, but can I learn to start doing bow builds with just like a little bow master? And honestly, um, those bow masters with these newer super parallel embos, they're they're kind of they're kind of a pain. I mean, I'm just going to be honest with you. That's more of a something that you take in your backpack if you're on a trip and you really want something for like an emergency. Emergency, yeah. Yeah, you don't you don't want to have to sit there and hand crank that sucker until you depress your limbs i mean it's a good emergency situation thing but that's that's probably it you know for sure um well what uh is there anything going on in the archery world you want to ask me about i mean i've i've kind of been out of touch with with any gossip that's going on or new products (laughs) (laughs) any gossip well i mean i think uh a lot of people are right now uh i don't know maybe it's just me i'm just curious that you know for uh, some of these bigger name shooters, you know, we've heard a lot of uh, shooters getting moved around. You and Greg touched on it uh, quite a bit, uh, and Greg touched on it with uh, Mr. Phillips from uh, from Matthews as the pro staff coordinator over there. Um, where everybody's going, what they're going to be shooting, and you know, the the whole pre pre tournament season, where's everybody going to be and what they're going to be doing thing. I guess is kind of always a curiosity i know you can't divulge too much but there's a few big name shooters that haven't said anything yet and i don't know so it's, it's always fun to play the guessing game on who i heard this and i heard that but you never know until the end and at the end of the day it really those guys are the like you said you know the exceptions and they're gonna they're gonna go wherever the, the business needs them to go yep yep there's some um there's some some big some big rollers getting ready to make some moves. I don't know when people are going to make some, you know, I don't know when there's going to be some official announcements out, but yeah, there's, there's going to be some poop hitting the fan. You know, and it's funny because some people, 
you know, there's certain archers that they really, when a pro moves to that bow, I mean, they really take, they really like get into that because they're like, I told you my bow is always the best, you know, and, and the reality is there are some people that, that do go where they want to go because that's where, where they want to be. But there's also people that, you know, there's people that go where they, where they go because they can't turn down the deal or they're just, you know, they're they're following somebody. Yeah. They're get yeah. They're just pretty much, they're at a point where they're like, listen, we don't care whether or not you really like it. We're just going to pay you to say that you do. And, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a tough thing. I mean, I've well, I was in that situation earlier this year, you know, with with a company, and I had to just come clean. You know, I I had to just come out and say, listen, guys, I thought this was going to be a really good product, but it's just not working for me. And you know, I don't, I, I can't keep the affiliation because it's just. You know, I felt like I was living a lie, but some people don't have any problem with that, you know. So it's it's tough. The consumers have to be on guard, you know. It's Yeah. And Well, I mean so there, there there's there's a question in itself, uh, John. For for amateurs, you know, who aren't necessarily getting free product, but they're catching some discounted product and they want to make a change we all know that loyalty's big in the industry even even for an amateur how does an amateur go about you know maybe he wants to make a change not because x product is better than y product but just because they want to make a change from x to y without you know like uh, burning any bridges between companies and being able to make that shift back and forth just because they as the consumer still, even though they're, you know, representing and, you know, they're a part of a pro staff being promotional staff, not professional, uh, make that transition seamless without burning any bridges and being that guy that, you know, bounces from company to company to company. Well, you know, I can tell you, I went through this, this situation, um, when I was an when I was an amateur, I had two shops in my local area. One of my shops c- carried Matthews, um, and one of the shops carried High Country. And I was a High Country shooter um, at the time. I really I had a good relationship with that. But then once I like well for me once I got like a factory direct sponsorship it was it was kind of a very like it was a tough position to be in because the shop that I really that I had a relationship and that I would worked with for a long long time they did not sell the products and in all fairness I had an archery shop later on in that same situation. I had my own archery shop and could not be a Matthews dealer, and I was shooting Matthews for them professionally. Um, so, you know, that situation is just one of those deals where it gets really tough because most bow companies want to keep their dealers healthy, 
so they offer protected areas of those dealerships you know no different than you know they're not going to put two four dealers you know in a small town type thing so you know you you get in these weird predicaments of you're really wanting to do, to do what you can you know like the last um I talked about I think in the last podcast I can't remember where I talked about it but I think it was in the last podcast about or maybe it was with Greg just supporting dealers um you know supporting your dealers and building a relationship with them then meeting your like your the company reps and building right. a relationship with the right. reps and then let the reps help you build the relationship with the factory um, but it gets really, really tough. I mean, right? And I mean, I guess, I guess it's more of a maybe the next step is now you have this relationship where you have met your rep, and you know you've been with said company for five years or so. Have a relationship going, and it's just uh, you're not sure how far it's really going to go, and you're not really, you know. You, you may be willing to go further. You may not be willing to go further. You may just want to change that next step. So getting to there, I think a lot of people have done that. And then if there is a change in there, maybe how do, how would you go about making that change because of proximity issues or because, uh, you know, like you said, the shop just can't do it for whatever reason. Is there is there a next step or are you kind of, are you stuck in that loyalty bid where you just, you know, stick with what you got because you're not going to get any further than that, but you're not necessarily trying to get any further? Well, I would say this. If you feel like you can like you can either shoot better or I feel like if you're going to have better opportunities for yourself down the road, then I think you need to really really make sure you don't miss those opportunities but you also some people are really short-sighted you know they they see that they're in a a pretty unique position and you really have to have a a a very true self-reflection of okay really what do i deserve i mean because honestly there's times where uh, you know i'll say this where i've actually done something as a rep for a shooter and i'm like i like this guy but he doesn't it's not like he's doing i can't justify more than this i'm doing this and i think i'm doing a pretty good job giving him this but i can't really justify more because he's not really showing that there's there's value above that and then they leave because they feel like like they can get something else and there's certainly ones that do and they find a good home and they grow and they continue to do what I do. They just they continue to find new things and do more things in the industry and they do grow and it was a really good smart move for them. It, you know, they were able to capitalize off something that someone was offering that was above and beyond what I could offer at the time just based off limitations. But right. there's there's also, you know, equal to that, there's a lot of people that you know, and I, I'll say that like just from the knock on side, I've had people that have been affiliated with with me and knock on in the show, and they, you know, they end up seeing themselves on TV once or twice, and then next thing you know, they're like, well, you know, I, I just, you know, I'm just gonna, I'll just 
this isn't a case, so I'm just going to use it as an example. They'll say, well, you know, I talked to a guy over on Bill Winkie's t- team, and he said that Bill's doing this for him. You know, I'm just, I'm going to go out, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to try to explore some of those other stuff. And then they leave, and I'm sitting there thinking, okay, well, you know, I want you to do what's best for you. I mean, I always do for the people that I have affiliation with, but in the same sense, right. I'm like, you know, man, you really should have at least looked at, wait, what did you actually provide? Because, you know, you've been part of, you've been kind of telling me for four years you're going to film and we got one thing on film. Like who's going to reach out and, and offer you the world because you are able to get one thing on film. I mean, so you really have, personally, you have to look at, am I, do I feel like I'm actually doing more than the other people around me that are getting the same. And then if you can say yes to that, then you need to really that first conversation. um, Like for me, my first conversation was actually with the shop where I was at. And I was like, Hey, I want to be honest with you. There's things I, you know, I really want to try for myself. I really want to make sure there's like no hard feelings. I don't want to burn anything out. You know, at what point can we, are you going to feel comfortable knowing that I've given you, I've given you in return for what you feel like you gave me, you know, let's make sure that when we part, you're wishing me well, and, and I'm always going to be able to, you know, feel good about my departure here. And, and then you kind of move on, you know, like for me, um, my, you know, my departure, with with Matthews was that way because it was it was to the point where we you know we were both pretty pretty much deciding that okay yeah you, know, you want to go this way we really want you to go this way you want to go that way so okay this is a pretty clear divide now I will say um I will say at first I was told well you know I'll I'll disclose this so the last conversation I had when I was having this my conver- my departure conversation with Matt McPherson, he said the last thing he said when I was walking out the door is, "I you know I'm going to be very I'm going to be very um, disappointed if you if I see that you go to work for one of our competitors," and I just I looked at him and said, "Well, Matt." this is all I've ever done. This is what I'm good at. I said, you need to know right now that if you let me walk out that door, that is what's probably going to happen. You know, I'm not, it's not like I've got a degree in rocket science, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, you built your whole career in the the industry. You're going to, you're going to have to go someplace else in the same industry. Yeah. And I, I just said, I'm, I'm facing, (laughs) <laughs> I kind of face that now, John. It's like uh, I'm I'm coming up on retirement in the Navy. What there's not there's not many door gunner jobs out there in, in the real world. So I'm trying to have to figure out what I'm going to do in that kind of lines up with what I'm already doing. So I mean, hey, uh, dude, kinda, if you knew if you knew kinda hard it, for you not to stay in the same industry. If you knew video editing. I would hire you. I'm looking for a side. I'm looking for a new right hand man. I need. Well, so, I need. I can go to school, and I'm a trainable monkey, so uh, <laughs> I can learn video editing pretty quick. 
Yeah, we might need a helicopter. We might need a knock-on helicopter. I don't know. Yeah, that's probably never going to happen. But if we had one, it'd be cool to have a gunny in there. <laughs> I would, yeah, I would well, get into that, flying around. and Well, I don't know if I'd shoot animals out of it, but I'd certainly tear up some targets with with uh with one of those suckers hey um yeah well the other thing uh, (laughs) one thing i wanted yeah one thing i wanted to expand on with that talk is because i i wasn't really wasn't um totally done there so this is a tough choice for a lot of people and you know i I'm just, I have, um, I have someone that was part of my show for a long time. I'm sure you remember JJ. Um, so, so JJ was, JJ was part of the show for a long time. He was my camera guy for way before that. He was actually a student first. JJ was, um, well, JJ and my, and my buddy Thomas from like the first few seasons, Thomas and JJ came to my house um, when they were like 17 or 18 years old as students and they did a two-on-one like one of the ones where I said you like came came and stayed and we ended up becoming friends and then so we all just kind of started hunting together and then they started filming for me a few hunts and then all of a sudden the show kicks off right then the show kicks off and I you know I just whenever I have people around me that I trust and that I work with, I, br- I always bring those people with me. You know, it's no different than you and I have kind of met one another through social media. And I have a lot of respect for obviously what you do for work and your dedication to the country. And so, you know, I, I like bring that in and, and I, you know, slowly started communicating with you and, no different than now. I mean, it's like when I have people like that around me, then I just I just try to keep them involved with what I'm doing. You know, if they don't if they don't want to do that, that's understandable. But um, you know, I, I do always try to remember the people around me that help me move places in life. And um, so JJ just he got to the point where. Um, and I didn't really know it at the time, but he just got to the point where he was like, he just wanted to try something different. He wanted to, he actually, you know, cause he was an archer long before he was doing stuff for, for me. So, you know, he just wanted to like be able to shoot other bows and try different arrows. And, and honestly, it was kind of a pain in the butt for him when I would say like, you know, Hey dude, you know, you can't, you know, you can't you can't have this camo pattern or you can't have, you know, these arrows because the reality is when someone's paying you to put a TV show on the air, you do have to be mindful of that. Now, when I'm doing my podcast and when I'm writing, I write as a total neutral party, you know, and, and I'm not, I'm not totally, I'm not ruling out the fact that I'm going to start doing bow builds of other companies. You know, I may do bow builds with other models just to help, my followers but jj um well i had i had heard from someone that he shot a big bull elk so i texted him and said dude did you shoot an elk and he said yeah and he so he sent me a picture and it was kind of just a picture with the elk on the ground well next thing i know hoyt was calling me and said hey 
we just saw a picture um, of one of our shops posted with JJ, and he's got a Matthews. And I'm like, what? Uh oh. <laughs> so, Uh-oh. It, yeah, I had to call him, and I'm like, dude, what's up? And then he kind of just, you know, and he was in the position, I think, like you had talked about. He he was like afraid to tell me like he wanted to just you know he just said he's like dude he goes i love what what you've done for me everything you've taught me he's like i can't you know i can't thank you enough but he said i just you know he's like my local shop you know they they really want to they want to like you know they offered me a matthews to shoot and he's like you know they wanted me to go hunting with them and we traveled to vegas together and he's like you know, he said, I just kind of weighed everything out. And he's like, I want to just be, he's like, I might shoot a Hoyt next year. I might shoot a Hoyt at indoor leagues. He's like, whatever. But he said, I just, you know, he's like, I shot Hoyt for a long time. I wanted to try Matthews. And he said, you know, he's like, you know, it, it got to the point where it was kind of getting, it, what I was losing the fun of hunting because I was trying to make sure that I did everything right for film. And, you know, all those are like, super valid points i mean i'm what i do every year i don't say this but every year i tell myself that um i'm gonna do one hunt that i probably don't ever share like i don't ever share the kill with but i always do one hunt where i've got products that i want to just try and i also always have one tag that, and I don't like name what tag it's going to be, but I always just kind of tell myself at the beginning of the year that if there's one, there's like That's one time, not, yeah. yeah, there's, well, there's one tag per year to where if I don't get it on film, um, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. And if the footage isn't good, I'm not going to be mad at myself. If, if that makes sense, I just, I tell myself, like, yeah. I just know going in, you know, if, for example, it, like the footage, um, and I'm, you know, I'm kind of struggling right now to find, to find my new right hand man and to find a new, um, guy to help me. Cause I do all my producing, but I need an editor. Um, so like this, that real big six by six that I shot the veteran buck, it, you know, he was, stan- yeah. he was standing for the camera, he was standing right behind a tree. For me, I could see the vitals, but for the camera, he was a little, you know, he's kind of right behind, well, he was behind all the foliage of the tree. Whereas, you know, on some shows, right. they're like, well, you can't shoot until it's, till it steps clear for the camera. I'm just to the point now where I'm like, man, I got to keep it real. Like, people have to understand this isn't going to be real tree monster bucks every, where every shot's in the perfect open and all this. You know, it's there's some of this stuff to where if I don't get it on film, I'm just like, that's my that's, you know, that's kind of my mulligan. I just tell myself once a year, I'm going to shoot something that's for, you know, that if it's for me, I can't get mad at myself because I didn't wait for the perfect shot. And, you know, I think I think it's important for people, especially if you're there's a lot of you out there that are trying to get into filming yourself. And that's why I did that live stream from my tree, because I wanted to show people how to set up and do it. But it gets, you know, it almost sometimes it starts to take the fun out of that. And if you're struggling with 
wanting to try other things and you can't because you're locked in, that's a really tough position to be in, you know, and and I just tell shooters if you need to move, my problem with JJ and what I, you know, I felt pretty heartbroken with JJ, but it was because of the fact that I had to have Hoyt call me and ask me why he was in a picture with a Matthews. I should have known that. Yeah. I should, you know, I should have. One, it was it was September, so technically I had given him a bow the year before, you know, the season before that. So, you know, it would have been important for him to say next year I want to do this. You know, you know that like that would have changed a lot of my feelings about the situation. So, for anyone oh, for that's sure. in, for anyone that's in that in that predicament that's what you got to do you got to be upfront and clear with your shop you know you need to and actually what i appreciate right now um is there's some people that are going to make some moves in the industry and at least they're riding out the length of their previous contract um and Right. If one, if people have done it the right way, they would they've already communicated that properly with the manufacturer too, so that the manufacturer isn't like marketing them. For example, at Matthews, um, I had a shooter one time that had signed a multi-year deal with me for on the international side, and then he just like ups and goes to another company. And, you know, pretty much drops his contract in the middle, which, you know, you kind of become a real jerk, like what happened, you know, kind of what happened with Henry Bass, right? You, um, you end up, if you stick to your guns and like hold them down, um, for that, then you become, all of a sudden now you're the bad guy because you're not like letting them out of their deal early. And, um, in that situation, right. what I didn't like about it was I already I had already made posters, so you know I've got I've got twenty seven hundred bucks of my budget that I just chewed up for these posters that are going to dealers, and now you're going to be in another brand. So that gets really really hard, you know, when it when you're when you're looking at it from that aspect. So these shooters that have at least let the manufacturers know, they've told them, listen. You know, I'm making a change. I'm making a move. I'm riding out my contract, but you know, I don't want to be. You know, make sure you kind of get your ads change in direction, etc. You know, right? You start to, you know, because like right now, just today, um, one of the magazines in Europe, because a lot of these, you know, we talked about when I was on the Bow uh, Bo Junkie podcast. I talked about JDA. That's you know, that's kind of a whole other entity that no one really knows about with me. But you know, I actually do ad buys for companies for all of the foreign magazines. So you know, there's times where I have to do ad buys for twenty, thirty ad slots in in you know nine different foreign publications to you know and ad placements and negotiate buys and things like that. So. Um, you know, just yeah. today I got a thing saying, you know, that they needed the ad for the January, February magazine. Well, I mean, crap, if it's a magazine that's hitting the newsstands in February, I'm giving them an ad now. Well, you know, if I give them one 
with me on there in a Sherlock ad, yet I'm wanting to change the custom bow equipment in 20 days. Well, that's going to be a problem. So, you know, it's it's yeah. a tough call. You just communication is always the key uh, when it comes to friendships, when it comes to business, is um, just you know sure. talking through this stuff. But um, yeah, I can I can feel you. Yeah. I've I've been and, there. And I mean, like you said, you see it where a company will spend a bunch of money on advertising, and and then you you see it you know three months later. Instead of, you know, you're already, the business is thinking three months ahead even or, or a year ahead of maybe that person that's, you know, right now. Um, he's worried about right now, right in front of him instead of projecting ahead and what kind of bind it might put, you know, your friend or your shop or your company in. Yeah, well, most pros are, unfortunately, most pros are really starting to sour the taste in the manufacturer's mouths because the loyalty is starting to really go down the toilet. There's a lot of people that change ships really quick. Um, and I wish, and the problem is it really hurts all of us when those things happen. There's a, there's a huge, um, there's a big business, a, a, a TV show that, that I know, that I know of that had a certain type of contract with a certain product and, they were actually already trying to find, they were trying to figure a way out of this contract because they had been offered um, more money from a different product and tried to tried to get the company to like, you know, hey, well, we've been offered this much money and, the, you know, the company that already had them in contract said, well, wait a minute, two years ago, we signed this deal for three years. This is what you agreed to. You know, we can't, we're going to fulfill that. And then we're going to talk about what's down the line. Well, these people just were kind of trying to figure out their way out of this deal. So they ended up waiting for that Bomar situation to happen. And then they totally make this huge jump and then, you know, kind of make a claim of, well, this is, you know, here's what we're standing up for and why we're jumping. And uh, and the whole industry. Yeah. And, and it's just like, okay, well, crap, all the consumers see this. And then, but the reality is you actually want to be a bunch of unloyal pricks about it. That's, that's the reality, you know, but, um, right. You know, it's just one of these funny things. That can, well, then here's you, a question for you, John. How how far does one go with loyalty before, like you said, before maybe they feel their worth and their loyalty to said company isn't really appreciated as much? I know you appreciate loyalty from, you know, all the, from your staff and your friends and, you know, how, how long as, how long can a company reasonably expect that loyalty that, in in today's age because like you said people are jumping around bouncing around and they're treating it more of a business if they've fulfilled their contract and want to move on is that considered oh you're not loyal when they've fulfilled their side or when say it's an maybe open-ended there is no contract how at what point is loyalty taken advantage of maybe from a manufacturer's side Oh yeah, yeah. There's a definitely a line there, but when it comes to what you agreed to and signed, then at that point, 
you know, you made a commitment. Like I, you know, a lot of my contracts, yeah. a lot of my contracts are big deals. Um, they're, then I don't mean like a big deal, like Ron Burgundy, big deal. What I mean is I personally, am very, yeah, I'm very happy with the people I work with. My contracts, I normally shoot for three years um, I don't want to send mixed messages to consumers and Hey, there, yeah, there's certainly been times where after a year I'm like, okay, this, this isn't feeling good right now. Now. And a lot of times, it, a lot of times a manufacturer, if they know that you're just not getting along with their product, they know that you're not doing good for them because you don't, you're just, it's not working. But if the product is right. working, but it just comes down to a money issue, then you're definitely going to cause some hard feelings there. I mean, that's a whole different situation. So I always say your contract on 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 the individual side, your contract, ha- you've put your name on it. So that has to be. Yep. I mean, we as an industry, we have to be able to know that if shooters are getting something, or if anybody is getting something and they're they're signing a contract, then it's important that you ride that out. Unless, like I said, the product is failing or you're not getting it, and at that point, you have to, you know you can maybe get into that subject. And if the, you know, I've never had a situation. Um, where when the product was not working for me that I wasn't able to go to the supplier and say, listen, we like, you've sent me this, you've sent me that I'm trying, but like, here's my notable issues. And I'm not going to lie this past year. Um, this past year I've turned down two very large deals for bow companies that I just wasn't interested in, even though there were more than what I get now. I just wasn't, I'm not interested in them. The other thing is, um, you know, I had another company, which I talked about earlier, where it just wasn't working out for me. And it was, you know, that was kind of an easy call of just saying, hey, you know, I had a few concerns when we started. I still have these concerns, like this stuff's not working. Like at what point am I am I just a waste of money for you guys? Because like my heart's not, it's not really into this right now. And people are like, okay, you know what? Let's, yeah, let's do that. And in some cases, if you need to get out of a contract early, then you need to be willing to reimburse. Like that's at the point where, especially for a major pro. yeah. Yeah. For a major pro, I would say, okay, Hey, listen, um, I, you know, I'm going to make a change here. I know it's not what you want to hear, but I'm going to make a change. What do we need to do so that, you know, I make sure that, you know, you haven't, you know, you've given me product this year or, you know, you already wrote me a check for something. Like at what point can I, can we make sure that I'm back to being on good terms with you guys? Because the last thing you want to do in this industry is burn a bridge. Anyone that's coming up through right. the ranks you don't want to burn a bridge, but in the same sense, I think, um, you know, I think in the end, like if I would have, if my archery shop would have started talking trash about me because I left and, and started 
hanging out more at that Matthews dealership. I mean, I think in the end, if people say, well, did he, did you guys have a contract with him? Well, he fulfilled his, his contract was up. He had filled that, you know, he filled that and told us he was leaving. Or even if I'm able to see that person be like, what? That shop's mad at me? Dude, I stayed with him till December 31st. I gave him six months notice, told him I was going to be making a change. And, you know, I moved on. Like, you know, I moved on to something else. And, you know, I think at that point people are going to be like, okay, well, dang, what else is a guy supposed to do? I mean, at some point people are going to have to kind of suck it up and realize, um, you know, you can't stay, you can't stay in one place forever if they're not helping you progress. You know, and that's, and I told JJ that in the end, I said, listen, well, I've actually told all my people. I had a, I had, um, I hired a, well, I hired Campbell's one year to come out and do a little film school. Uh, wasn't any good, but I, I, you know, we had a film school and, um, I was trying to teach, you know, my guys just some better techniques for filming and, I told, you know, the well, the first thing he said when he was there is he's like, you guys need to realize, and maybe he was doing it for my benefit, but he said, you know, you're being invested in, and he's like, the f- number one thing is, if it's not on film, you're not doing your job. Like, you know, he said, you know, he's like, you have, it ha-, you know, he's really stressing that it had to be on film. And so I actually, like, interrupted. Yeah. I said, wait, I said... I said, truthfully, guys, I said, I'm not paying for any of your hunts. I'm not paying for your camera equipment. Like, you guys are doing this because you want to be part of this. So I just want you guys to know if it's going to be on TV, it needs to be of a certain quality. But I'm not going to tell you that I'm going to, like, be pissed because, you know, I'm not paying for you to – I'm not paying for you to go on your moose hunt or whatever. So if if you're forking out five grand to do on your own moose hunt and you're trying to film it, but yet a bull steps out and you shoot, like I'm not going to be mad at that. I just, I'm not going to use the footage because you don't have the shot. So, you know, I just told right. him, you know, if you want to be on the show, this is what I expect. If you want to be my friend... I, you know, I don't expect you to not take opportunities as a hunter because in the end we're hunting, you know, we all love to hunt. So I don't want, you know, I just, I just told them, I don't want you missing opportunities because you're trying to be part of this whole thing. So, you know, I think the right shop will handle you the right way too. You know, it's one of those deals where, um, well, I had a situation the other day where um, a guy that a guy a friend of mine um, was talking with another friend at a situation, and you know he was probably he was talking about something he probably wasn't shouldn't have been talking about, and then he pretty much just said, "Well, John was there," and then. So, you know, they said, oh, you were there too? And I just said, yeah. And I said, I was actually there for something different, but I was, you know, I was there. And later on, I, I kind of felt like, okay, so it's it's 
it's bad. It's bad. You know, I was at the position where I wanted to call that person and say, "Hey, dude, like, first, why would you even need to talk about that? Like, why would it even need to come out?" And then, secondly, yeah, even if you were talking about it, I was just sitting there eating some nachos. You know, why? Why would you? Yeah, I wasn't involved. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, why would you have to? You know, it's not like it benefited you anyway to like throw me in that mixture of of who was actually there i said so and then i started thinking i'm like well wait wait a minute is it really a friend like what is it really a friend if they are willing to put you in the situation where you have to call them to like talk to them about that because like that was just it was one of those deals where you know if there's if you are with a shop and they're really not doing much for you and they're not allowing you to, cause I've been at shops where they don't ever call and see if your product's coming in. It's not like they ever, you know, it's not, Yeah. are they, you know, if all they're doing is selling you a demo on their wall at what they cost, well, that's not costing them nothing. You know, it's like, so there comes a point where it's like, okay, are is this a two-way relationship or is it one way? Cause you know, if it's, if it's, uh, um, if it's one way, then, you know, we need to, yeah. you know, if it's a one way relationship, we need to make an adjustment. So, you know, we've kind of, we've, we've spent a full podcast talking really on this subject, but it's good. <laughs> it's good because it's the perfect time of year. This time of year, people are looking to make changes, um, and it's honestly like if you're wanting to make a change, most contracts are up at the end of October, end of November, end of December. Um, that's the time to do it. You know, I have a I have a difficult time when people, you know, send me their resume in June for some of the companies that I work with, and they say, "Hey, can I get sponsored?" It's like, well, you know, man, I made those decisions six months ago you know and then and then my next right. question is well do you have any you know are you already tied in well yeah but you know we're not we haven't really talked this whole year and it's just like well hey man do you need to this this email should have been hey i've got a contract until december 31st but i really feel like next year i'm wanting to make a change i mean that's how the email should have that's how that email should start when it's coming to you in June, you you shouldn't reach out to someone if you're already in a bind. Right. I and mean, that's just, it just, um, well, one, it's a, it's a, it's a negative first impression for someone like myself. Um, I mean, that's just, that's just not going to happen. I mean, so, yeah. but Hey, tell everybody what you do. I mean, we kind of talked about it, but the last, uh. the last time you and I, tried to do a podcast you were on a real crummy line and we we had about a 10 second lag so i gave you a pretty cool little introduction and then we were like we were i was just like man this lag well, sucks so we canceled it so yeah tell me what tell everybody at least what you do and like where they can find you on social media because you're super helpful um like during some of the knock-on live feeds and things like that when people are in the feed asking questions um ryan's really passionate about kind of knowing my style and he knows so many of the questions that i've answered already in the past to where if he is chiming in 
Um, he's really given you my answer, not necessarily his own, which I think is it's really helpful for me too, because obviously it lets people move on. Uh, and I guess people listen to this and make sure that you know if he's answering you in the middle of one of my feeds, it's probably yeah, something. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, I just, yeah, I've, I've got a kind of a stickler for paying attention to detail being in the military. <laughs> uh, so I, I, if I do chime in, it's not me trying to be the know all, be all, and the, look, I'm smarter than you. It's just trying to, like John said, help him along. Um, along with the feed and make sure people are getting their answers to the questions that you would answer really quickly, but you're skipping along so fast that I don't want people to be left out and feel left out like you're ignoring them because we all know that you don't, but one of you in 3,000 questions a day, I'm sure it can get uh, overwhelming. But for the Navy, I've been in the Navy for a little over 18 years now. I'm a the, the fun part, uh, a search and rescue swimmer and an aerial door gunner out of the back of MH-60 Romeos. The uh, not-so-fun part, but more of my job is there's some sensors back there that I use uh, to protect aircraft carriers and battle groups when we're out and abroad doing our Navy thing. Uh, a lot of different things. i got radar, sonar, sonar buoys, FLIR, ESM. All kinds of neat things that I get to play with, and uh, it's like a forty million dollar video game that I get to fly in. Uh, it's pretty neat, and interesting for the for I the want most part. I, I uh, want in. I want in. <laughs> a lot of people do. Uh, they, it's it's fun. Uh, it, it's fun, and you get to see. Uh, last time I checked, uh, I've been to twenty four percent of the countries of the world just from the different deployments I've done uh, over the years. So I'm getting ready to retire in July of 2018. I'm pretty excited about that, but I got to figure out what I'm going to do when I grow up now. Yep. Well, it's a good problem to have, man. You've you've kept our you've kept our asses safe for 18 years. So thank you for that. Yes, sir. Thank you. Appreciate all the support. Well, I know you got to get to work. You told me that your boss gave you an extra hour and we're sitting at an hour and one minute right yeah, now I'm actually, <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm actually uh i'm already I've, I've been sitting in the truck the whole time i'm kind of like a third of the way to work i got a trainer this morning where i'm uh where i'm teaching some tactics actually evaluating the tactics of one of the sensor operators that's getting ready to deploy i got to do an evaluation on him to make sure that he's uh up to the level so uh that's, that's what I'm heading to do this morning. Uh, I got four hours in the back of a simulator, which, is, again, is just a, another really big video game that is an exact replica of our helicopters and all the systems in it. We have the simulators where we go in there, and we can do any mission set without the danger. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, hey, man, I know you got to go. I can't thank you enough for what you do for the country, and that goes for any of you listeners out there. We have so many. There's like most of my friends in my in my phone that are Archie-related, most of them are in some way tied to our government for serving and protecting, and uh, I can't thank all of you guys enough. And 
uh, yeah, this was a pretty cool podcast, not not a normal one, which was awesome and a super important subject. Um, you know, you everyone applying these types of things that we talked about is going to make our industry a lot healthier. And hey, tell them where they can find you on your social media stuff, Ryan, so people can uh, can check out what you're doing. Um, it's just Ryan Branco on, on Facebook and on Instagram. I believe I'm uh, rhino underscore 48. Sounds awesome. So thanks, everybody, for tuning, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Knock on. Be sure to visit knockonarchery.com to see our entire line of trendy knock-on lifestyle clothing. Knockonarchery.com. <laughs>